Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Christian Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, and it has been a little while since we have talked. I uh, took some time off. I spent a lot of time with the family, had a really good holiday season. It was awesome. I actually was thinking about um, about kind of hanging up the old mic and stuff like that. And, you know, I was, I was wondering if, if perhaps... Um, it was time for me to to call it good um, as far as raising my voice. I figured maybe the testimony had been given. Maybe, maybe I was good. Maybe it was time. And as I have taken some time off, as I have prayed, as I have as I have observed my country and the world around me, um, and as I've tried to listen to the Spirit, you know. I, I uh, just don't think that is the case, and I've I've been feeling prompted. I've been feeling like like uh, I've been missing out. I've been missing out on some blessings and some some gifts of the spirit and some uh, some spiritual time in, in doing these episodes. One thing I don't want to ever do, and I see this happen. I'm not going to call any channels out by name or anything like that. That's that's. I'm not judging. I'm not. You know what I mean. I'm not getting up on my Ramiumptum or anything. Don't don't misunderstand me, but I I see a lot of uh, channels putting out content for the sake of putting out content, and that's I, I think that there's a lot of fatigue that comes with that. You know what I mean? And and I never want to be somebody who's putting out stuff just to put out stuff and boost numbers and stuff like that. So if I ever find that I'm, you know, if I ever feel like I'm getting into that, then I'll, I'll back off for sure. That's, it's not what I want to do. I want these messages to be, um, to carry some weight and to have some power and to have some thought and to be something that is a benefit to somebody. So, um, I'm back. I will, uh, continue on to soldier on. We'll get back on track here. We'll start putting out midweek spiritual boosts. Um, Going forward, I think I'll be I'll be a little bit more dynamic in how I approach things. I'm going to definitely use the words of the prophets. I'm going to definitely um, put out good midweek spiritual boosts and stuff. But I, I uh, I'm not going to be quite so strict in how I do it. I'm gonna I want to give myself a little leeway so that if I want to talk about something, I will. Um, current events and stuff like that. Um. Speaking of, of current events, you know, I, I I was working out tonight, and instead of um, instead of listening to music, you know, that's something I did in high school and stuff like that. Something I know a lot of my buddies do, but for me, I just i i uh, i don't I don't do that. I I enjoy listening to like political, you know, political stuff like talk radio. I like listening to my Glenn Beck. I like listening to. Um, on, on occasion, Stephen Crowder or the Daily Wire, which I know there's been a lot of a lot of drama there. I'm not going to get into any of that. Be definitely beyond the scope of the podco- podcast. But I um, I enjoy listening to the to a lot of my conservative uh, talk radio stuff, and I I listen to what's going on around the world and. I happened to in the be reading in the Book of Mormon in Third Nephi, and I got to the point where Christ came in Third Nephi chapter eleven. And I'll tell you what, having having the current events being what they are, and looking and reading the Book of Mormon, especially in in Third Nephi, has been a different experience this time around. Um. I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Why do we have the Book of Mormon? Who was it written to? Right? Now think about that for a minute. Who who was the Book of Mormon written to and why do we have it? It's an interesting thought. Um, it's an interesting thought experiment. It's an interesting thing to delve into and to study. If you go into the um, introduction to the Book of Mormon, you can find at least one answer to, to one of those questions, right? 
We know it was written to everybody. It was written to Jew and Gentile, to the descendants of the Lamanites, right? It was written to basically everybody. But I think that we can see, especially as Mormon comes in and starts to narrate, we see that he will speak directly to us as Gentiles, right? And that word Gentile just basically means not of us, right? It's not us. So he's, it's not that we're being called heathen or, or infidel, right? That's not the meaning. That's not a, it's not an analogous term to any of those. It is just simply, hey, you, you guys aren't of us. But the understanding was clear and it was there that we were to be viewed as a, a branch of the house of Israel, right? Now... Keeping that in mind, keeping that in mind, we get a lot of warnings and we get a lot of these, these uh, breaking of the, of the fourth wall with Mormon where he'll stop the story and he'll address us directly. And it's interesting whenever he does because he, he'll, he imparts wisdom and advice to us. That is what makes the Book of Mormon um, so valuable to us, right? And there's always been that thing where, you know, some people be like, oh, you know, you guys love the Book of Mormon more than the Bible. And it's like, no, no, that's not it at all. When you use both of those books together, you can't have one. You can't just have one, right? You have to have all of those together because it's part of that prophecy in Ezekiel, right? That, you know, both of those sticks are going to become one in thy hand. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. You know, the, the word of God, gospel. Knowing all of that, brothers and sisters, and looking and, and understanding that the Book of Mormon was not put together by a council, right? It was not put together by uh, a bunch of religious leaders under duress from a Roman emperor. It was you know, under threat of death that if they didn't figure this out, that there'd be some problems for them, right? It's unique in that it was, it was put together specifically in a certain order as a, as a map and a compass. Now, those aren't my terms. Those are not the, the terms or words that I have ascribed to them. I'm borrowing those, actually, from uh, Glenn Beck, <laughs> funny enough. Um, hearing him talk to LDS, an LDS audience, was really, really a treat. It was really cool. Because a lot of things that he says on air, he has to kind of veil a little bit, right? The message is the same, it's just worded differently because it's it's given to a worldwide general audience, right? But it, that really resonated with me. And as we are entering and knocking at the doors of World War III here, with, with, with sorrow in my heart, you know, I, I, I look at this and I think to myself, man, the useless bloodshed, the useless loss of life that we have to endure in this mortality is, it's just, it's ridiculous. It sucks, you know. But, that being said, we know that these are the last days of the last days and that this is just where we're at, right? It just is where we're at. Getting back to the Book of Mormon um, being a map and a compass, viewing it that way, brothers and sisters, knowing that it is a map and a compass, how does that change the way that you think? How does that change the way that you you approach your study of the Book of Mormon? For me, it was a game-changer. Because I started looking at how much of the story that we are getting from Nephi clear down to Moroni, you can dissect the Book of Mormon and you can look at the history of the Nephite and Lamanite nations 
And you can see where they skip many years. And you can see where they all of a sudden, you know, give you this this detailed, in-depth explanation of battles, of, of you know, the, these different uh, circumstances that are happening at the time. And then all of a sudden you'll skip a bunch again, you know what I mean? As if you're, you're glossing over a, a hundred years or something like that, you know, or two hundred years or whatever, a generation, you know. And when you start to pick up on that fact and you think about the Book of Mormon being a map and a compass... You start to get into the mind, you get a window into the mind of Mormon. And you think, okay, I know that Mormon was a prophet. I know that he was inspired. And I know that he was led by the Spirit. Um, having said many times that he can only, he can only include not even a, a hundredth or a thousandth part of what happened at that point, but that this would be enough for us, right? When we look at things that way, brothers and sisters, and we start to dissect, and we start to look at the Book of Mormon as being a map and a compass, we look at Third Nephi and we see that much like Isaiah, we are going to have an analogous situation again when the Savior returns for the second time, right? And it was really interesting, like, um, I listened to Rod Meldrum, who is not a prophet or anything like that, but I, I do value his opinion on things, and I would agree with him as to his statement as to where we are. He, he gave a, a, uh, I don't know what you call it, I guess it's a devotional. He gave like a devotional back in 2001, two, or, or excuse me, uh, 2021 or two, 2020, and one of the things that he was asked was, where, where do you think we are in the Book of Mormon? Um, they were basically talking about something very similar to this, and, and he said, oh, we're right before Jesus comes again. And brothers and sisters, I think that he is absolutely spot on. When I look at um, the world and the, the foundation that has been laid for a beast system, and for where we're going to be in 2030, and at least where they, you know, the, the powers, that, the evil powers that be would like us to be at 2030, I, I, I see how the buying or selling without the mark of the beast is absolutely not just possible, but probable at this point. And I wonder how we as, as a people are going to... Um, endure that. It's it's interesting to think about. There's a lot of unknowns and in the words of of President Kimball, uh, a test, a test, a test is coming. We see our brothers and sisters um, starting to lose faith. We see them with their God-given compassion being used against them and being used to not just have empathy for um, people who suffer from from different ailments, whether it be same-sex attraction or whether it be you know what what have you, right? The the whole transgender debate and stuff like that. You know we 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 see Satan using those things against our own people and then them turning on the brethren, on the mouthpiece. They, they turn on the, the church as a whole. And pretty soon they have forsaken their covenants and they have joined with Babylon. Interesting, interesting times that we live in to be, to be watching this. We're living in a time when common sense is a superpower. And when having a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ as given by the Lord to his apostles and then from the apostles to the modern day iterations of the prophet and the, 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 the brethren, you know, Joseph Smith, Oliver Cowdery, 
going down to Brigham Young, you know what I mean, going down to the, the, the Twelve Apostles. Some of them fell away, yes. But coming down to our current uh, prophet, President Nelson, seeing that Satan is a professional at what he does, you know. Um, I'm seeing many, many people who, who I have a lot of love for who have turned, and I see them criticizing the prophet, the mouthpiece, the brethren on different issues and and saying, you know, and I've I've mentioned this before, but you know, talking about how well the prophet must be fallen. Well, maybe after Brigham Young, it's like, no, nah, dude, if that's the case, then sorry, this it's not it. <laughs> then this never was the true church. It's gone. You know, it was prophesied that it would never leave, and if the, if it's gone, it's gone, dude. Might as well start looking somewhere else. Um, it's it's incredible to me that we're here, and again, getting back to Third Nephi, I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, and I'm I'm actually going to um, tackle this. I want to read with you guys, starting in Third Nephi chapter one, and and maybe go through a couple of these verses together over the the next couple of podcasts. Because I think it's, um, I think it's important that we cover this stuff, that we look into this, and we look into where we are at right now, as as a as a people, as a society, and seeing what happens here in Third Nephi, I believe is incredibly preparatory for what will happen. For what will happen, um, I believe very soon. I told you guys that I had a desire to move out to the Midwest. We've looked at Oklahoma, Missouri, um, even Arkansas, stuff like that. You know, what we're looking out there to Kentucky, trying to see you know what would be a good fit for us. I I am absolutely rooting for Missouri. I I want to go to Missouri so bad. If I could get there, you know, and hunker down and bunker down and then when it's time to to build New Jerusalem, heck I'm already there. It doesn't matter if I'm called to be there or not, right? I can just show up and say, Hey, I live here. I'm good, man. Let's let's do this. Let's 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 uh give, give me give me a trowel, you know what I mean? Let's start building the, the temple here. We'll be hanging out with the uh, the lost ten tribes that return. You know, I, I don't know that we're going to get the chance now to leave with things being as they are. I think that it's, it might be um, bunker down time. And I'm okay with that in the sense that I have learned from from the past that you don't ever push things. Like, I, I want to follow the, the path that God has laid out for me. I don't want to try to force... My, I don't want to trailblaze my own path. I want to follow the path that has been laid out for me by the Lord. And obviously uh, seek first the kingdom of God. And then everything else will fall into place as it is supposed to be. Looking at Third Nephi, it... Um, it can be a a daunting a daunting read when you're looking at it this way but i believe that we need to look at it this way i believe that we need to we need to take a look at these things and we need to use the book of mormon as it was intended brothers and sisters and not just not just casually read it forgive me taking a swig of water here i I finished up a workout tonight, uh, biceps and back, and so I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm pretty thirsty, <laughs> so I'm stealing a drink here every once in a while, just bear with me. Um, reading the Book of Mormon, just by itself, just for the sake of, of reading it, is a, a, it is like putting on the full armor of God. It it does something spiritually. When you read this, when you read the Bible, there is something spiritual. I mean, I'm, you know, I say the book of my, I mean all the scriptures, obviously, but 
reading the scriptures, reading the Book of Mormon, by itself, just as an act, will give you a spiritual protection. And I've, I've made a covenant with Heavenly Father. I said, Heavenly Father, help me to... You know, I've always wanted to to have a clean mind. I've always wanted to try to keep my thoughts pure, to keep myself in order, you know what I mean? To keep myself on, on the straight and narrow and stuff. And, you know, I've, I've, I've made that, that covenant with God that, that, hey, I'm going to do this every single day. I'm going to, no matter what, I'm going to lay my head down to the Lord as Alma has asked us to do. You know, there's in Alma, he says that. He says, as some of the advice and preaching that he gives to the people, he says to them, lay down your head to the Lord. And so I approached uh, uh, my father in, in prayer, and that was one of the things that I did. I said, Father, I will lay my head down to you, and I will read scriptures, and that will be the last thing I do before I enter into dreamland basically <clears throat> and and if I do that will you please uh, help me will you please help me to to have a clean mind and, and a pure heart and um, that was years ago brothers and sisters and it has 100% um, been a, a huge shield and a protective barrier for me as I have adhered to to that, and as I have put up on the altar my small sacrifice of saying, you know, I'm going to read ten verses tonight, at least ten verses, you know, if I do that, then he will protect me, and that's very real, and that, I think, applies to everybody. I think that that promise and that, that spiritual protection is there for anybody who will put in the effort to do so and and lay your head down to the Lord um, but aside from that, brothers and sisters, when we read the Book of Mormon, and I would encourage you to, to do it again, this time, um, read it, and read it with saying, why is he telling me this as a Latter-day Gentile who is about to experience the return of the King, right? the, the return of the, of the Mashiach? the son of, of Elohim, right? Why, why is this, why was this chosen? Every chapter, every verse was chosen to be there on that precious, that precious real estate for you to have as a map and a compass. There is so much stuff to go into. I really just, I mean, I'm trying to wonder where to start. I think that a good place to start would be 3rd Nephi chapter 6 for tonight. And yeah, let's start in 3rd Nephi chapter 6. That So this is a couple of years before Christ is going to come. And we're going to see a lot of stuff happen and it's not hard to see the the analogous uh, situations with our day, as I believe that we are, and as President Nelson seems to be uh, warning us that that time is is out. We're about out of time. Let's go ahead and start in Third Nephi chapter six. We'll see how far we get. Maybe we'll just get through this chapter and we'll we'll call it good for tonight. But. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and start in 3 Nephi chapter 6. And now it came to pass that the people of, Neph of the Nephites did all return to their own lands in the twenty and sixth year, every man with his family, his flocks and his herds, his horses and his cattle, and all things whatsoever did belong unto them. And it came to pass that they had not eaten up all their provisions. Okay, so pause. I'm going to give you some backstory here. So the, the Gadianton robbers had come after the Nephites, right? And the Nephites were, went scorched earth. And they burned all of their, their stuff, their crops and stuff that they didn't take with them. And they all gathered into the center of the land. And they had enough food storage for seven years. Well, the, the communists, right? The, uh, the Gadianton robbers who, who 
only were able to subsist off of stealing other people's uh, wealth, other people's stuff, and then, you know, distributing it amongst themselves, right? It's easy to do when you steal something. So they, that was their, that was their, their culture, that was their system of government, was to take from the Nephites and the Lamanites to plunder, right? It's like a pirate. To, to plunder, to steal, and then to, to take that, those goods and distribute them amongst themselves. And they even invited the Nephites to become one, to become their brethren, to take their oaths, right, of the Gadiant and robbers. The ancient stuff handed down from Cain and that they could be partakers in it, right? We're seeing some serious analogies to what's happening today, aren't we? It's, it's actually, it's, it's very on the nose if you think about it. I, I just insert commies, right, for that, or socialists and stuff like that. Like, I'm not trying to get political here, but it's, it, it's there for, for, if you have eyes to see, brothers and sisters, it's there. Um, the Nephites wanted to exist and wanted to have their freedom and that is being threatened today on a national and a world stage um okay getting back into this here in chat in verse 2 chapter 6 all of their grain of every kind and their gold and their silver and all their precious things and they did return to their own lands and their possessions both on the north and on the south both on the, on the land northward and on the land southward so the gadiant robbers they they were decimated because they couldn't subsist off of anything and they a lot of them starved to death and the nephites were able to go out and and kick their butts basically uh and then you know they entered into covenants and stuff and those who didn't were put to the sword so they, they kind of established peace again in the land. And they granted unto those robbers, verse 3, and they granted unto those robbers who had entered into a covenant to keep the peace of the land, who were desirous to remain Lamanites' lands, according to their numbers, that they might have with their labors wherewith to subsist upon. And thus they did establish peace in all the land. Pause. I know, this is, this, you guys know me, I like to talk. We're going to have a hard time getting through this chapter. Or any chapter, but understand the principle right there. There, there is a principle throughout the Book of Mormon, throughout the Scriptures, that where it's like, look, you you can live free. You can live free. Just take care of yourself. Personal responsibility, right? Take care of yourself. Feed yourself. Work. Get out there. Till the till the ground. Feed yourself. We'll give you some lands. Take care of yourself. Quit taking our stuff, right? This is what America was built upon, this idea. Personal property, personal ownership, right? It's funny how it's the same, it's the same idea over and over that's these two different things. You, you have the, the, the Nephite nation, which was set up very similarly to to the United States with our constitution and stuff like that, you know, and our our system of of judges and our you know our system of freedom and stuff like that. It's just it's incredible to see the analogies between these two peoples, our us and them. Um, verse four, and they did did and they began again to prosper and to wax great and the twenty and sixth and seventh years passed away and there was great order in the land and they had formed their laws according to equity and justice boy wouldn't that be nice equity and justice and this is true equity and justice brothers and sisters this is this is one of those things that jordan peterson talks about all the time right all the time it's 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 opportunity it's making something of yourself of putting forth the work and the effort right and then having expecting the law to have your back with equity and justice which i believe is um absent now i think that that i think that that's over sadly sadly to say but i think that those days are are very much um in peril and slash over. 
And now there was, verse 5, And now there was nothing in all the land to hinder the people from prospering continually, except they should fall into transgression. That is a, that is a powerful statement right there. Very powerful statement. There was nothing to hinder the people from prospering continually, except they should fall into transgression. Man, that's where we are. As if we, we, as a nation, we have fallen into transgression, and that's why I think we're experiencing what we're experiencing right now. Verse 6, And now it was Gid-Gedoni and the judge Laconius, and those who had been appointed leaders, who had established this great peace in the land. And it came to pass that there were many cities built anew, and there were many old cities repaired. And there were many highways cast up, and many roads made, which led from city to city, and from land to land, and from place to place. Isn't that crazy? When you see, like, every, it, it, it really is like a trickle. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's like a pebble in a pond. That when we are righteous, when we are industrious, everybody benefits when we have that, when we take personal ownership over our our bread, right? When we, when we are the ones responsible for feeding our families and for, you know, as long as we're as we have that freedom, that everything prospers. Everything. But what it's talking about here is the Nephite infrastructure, right? They had money to be able to, and, and obviously it doesn't say that they were taxing the people like crazy, like King Noah, right? Like the wicked King Noah. This was something that just happened. You know, I, I, I wonder how much of this was just the people saying, hey, let's take pride in our communities. Let's, you know, if there's garbage outside, let's go pick it up. If there's a, you know, a sidewalk that needs to be repaired, let's go repair it. You know what I mean? Makes you wonder when you think about that, and that's how that's how we used to be. We used to, you know, if there's a problem, let's go fix it. We we have the the knowledge, we have the know-how, we got the funds. You know what I mean? Let's go take care of it as a community. Interesting to think about. Very interesting to think about. Uh, verse nine. And thus they passed away the twenty and eighth year, and the people had continual peace. But it came to pass in the twenty and ninth year there began to be some disputings. Among the people, and some were lifted up unto pride and boastings because of their exceedingly great riches, yea, even unto great persecutions. Gotta love that money, right? Show me the money. I think that, um, I think that this has definitely happened. We're seeing a lot of institutions, um, some of them even very trusted institutions that that we grew up with, right? And these these companies who have become institutions, right? They they become so wealthy that they then start throwing that money around and they start to you get this class system and then they want to kick the ladder out. They don't want the the next guy, it's the next innovator to be able to come in and dethrone them. So the ladder's kicked out from under them. And nobody can get up to to where they are, right? We have now a, a class system. And I think that's where we're at right now. It's it's so corrupt right now. It's so bad. And this is it happens the same way every time, guys. We're reading it right now. We're reading our history, the history of the United States right now. Verse 11, For there were many merchants in the land, and also many lawyers and many officers. And the people began to be distinguished by ranks, according to their riches and their chances for learning. Yea, some were ignorant because of their poverty, and others did receive great learning because of their riches. Some were lifted up in pride, and others were exceedingly humble. Some did return railing for railing, while others would receive railing and persecution and all manner of afflictions, and would not turn and revile again, but were humble and penitent before God. That is incredible. When you read that, guys, like, think about that. I remember, I'm trying really hard not to get political here, but it's it's so on the nose, guys. I remember a prominent 
house speaker, who was a house speaker, uh, during the COVID pandemic, who uh, was showing off, you know, everybody was in their homes hunkering down and uh, showing off all of the ice cream in all of these industrial-sized freezers, right? In their gated community, million, million, millions of dollars homes, you know what I mean? Showing off all of this pristine, super ultra expensive ice cream, saying, "Oh no, we're fine. We got our ice cream." So it's like, man, you're supposed to be a representative of the people. <laughs> like that. that hasn't happened in a long time. And not to get too off topic, but do you guys know that they don't even argue stuff in in the house anymore? Did you know that? They just will will throw down a, a couple thousand page, you know, bill. And then they they don't debate it anymore. They don't argue about it. They just basically say, okay, sign it. Or they'll go into the back room to figure stuff out over like an hour or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, it's so analogous. It is so on the nose, guys. Uh, getting back to verse 14. And thus there became a great inequality in all the land, insomuch that the church began to be broken up. Yea, insomuch that in the thirtieth year the church was broken up in all the land, save it were among a few of the Lamanites, who were converted unto the true faith. And they would not depart from it, for they were firm and steadfast and immovable, willing with all diligence to keep the commandments of the Lord. Those Lamanites, man, when they converted, they converted. Those guys were rock solid, you know. It's funny because everybody wants to, or at least critics of the church, they want to say how racist it is, you know, dealing with the Lamanites and stuff in the Book of Mormon. It's like, guys, the Lamanites kick the Nephites' butts over and over in righteousness. Look at that verse. That's that's not a, there's no way. Sorry, you're, you're missing it. You're missing it. You're, you're stretching yourselves on that one. Lamanites were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic when they converted. And they were they were rock stars, man. Verse 15. Now the cause of this iniquity of the people was this. This is the key, guys. Satan had great power unto the stirring up of the people to do all matter of iniquity and to the puffing them up with pride, tempting them to seek for power and authority and riches and the vain things of the world. Look at our current leadership Look at how um, how these guys get so ridiculously wealthy off of basically insider trading when they're supposed to be representatives of the people. And they go out there and then they start getting all of these, you know, they get these, these huge advantages and hints as to see you know, when they're going to go after this company, when they're going to go after this, when they're going to make this change. And so they're able to do all of this, all of this stock, you know, speculation, quote unquote, where they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. We have lost our way. We have lost our way. And our, our representatives have become a ruling class. We're going back, brothers and sisters, to the feudal system. We're going back to that. We're going back to, to having lords and peasants again. America was not set up to do that. That is not how it was meant to be. These people are seeking for power, authority, and riches. And they get put into these compromising positions, you know, and they, they make all these all these compromises on their morals, and pretty soon they stand for nothing. Definitely don't stand for us. Okay, and thus in the commencement of the 30th year, or excuse me, verse 16, and thus Satan did lead away the hearts of the people to do all matter of iniquity. Therefore, they had enjoyed peace but a few years. And thus in the commencement of the 30th year, the people having been delivered up for the space of a long time to be carried about by the temptations of the devil, whithersoever he desired to carry them, and to do whatsoever iniquity he desired they should. And thus, in the commencement of this, the thirtieth year, they were in a state of awful wickedness. That right there, 
Look at verse 17. It says, The people having been delivered up. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. If we go to the footnote, it takes us to Moses 5.23 in the Pearl of Great Price. If thou doest well, thou shalt be accepted. If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and Satan desireth to have thee. And except thou shalt hearken unto my commandments, I will deliver thee up, and it shall be unto thee according to his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Okay, that, if you have been through the temple, brothers and sisters, through an endowment ceremony, that should be ringing some bells for you. Okay, that should be ringing some bells for you. We will be delivered up into Satan's power, and he will do with us as he sees fit. Verse 18. Now they did not sin ignorantly, for they knew the will of God concerning them, for it had been taught unto them. Therefore they did willfully rebel against God. That is an awful state to be in, willfully rebelling against God. I wonder how many people are doing that. How many people are they know? They know that there's a God. They're just choosing to rebel against Him. Side note, did you guys know that paganism is on the rise? People are returning back to a lot of these old gods and stuff like that. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that there's something there, brothers and sisters. Verse 19, And now it was in the days of Laconius, the son of Laconius, for Laconius did fill the seat of his father and did govern the people that year. And they began to be men inspired from heaven and sent forth, standing among the people in all the land, preaching and testifying boldly of the sins and iniquities of the people, and testifying unto them concerning the redemption which the Lord would make for his people, or in other words, the resurrection of Christ. And they did testify boldly of his death and sufferings. Pretty interesting. Are you guys paying attention to what the prophet, his wife, uh, the twelve apostles, obviously? Are you guys paying attention to not just general conference, but look at the areas that they go and visit? Look at what they said to the people in Canada. Look at what they said to the people in California, to the people you know, here in Utah, to the people, they're going all around and they're delivering these messages and they are saying, some, they're dropping some pearls of great price, brothers and sisters. Elder Ballard um, mentioned something to my father when my dad was a bishop uh, a couple of years ago. And it was interesting because he said, you know, the Lord really could come at any time. He said he can come at any time. And I thought that that was so interesting because he was—he basically just said, you know, because of the internet, because of social media, um, the gospel has been preached to to the world. The world has access to it, you know. And in that sense, the Lord can come whenever He He deems ready, and He can set things in motion to go at an incredibly fast pace. As we see, you know, I, I look back on my time since the year 2000 even and seeing how, how the, my nation has changed in that amount of time, has, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. I'm very worried, especially as a veteran, as somebody who fought for this country and who, who took the oath, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things. I see a lot of oath breakers in positions of power and it makes me sick to my stomach. Verse 21, Now there were many of the people who were exceedingly angry because of those who testified of these things, and those who were angry were chiefly the chief judges, and they who had been high priests and lawyers. Yea, all those who were lawyers were angry with those who testified of these things. Boy, we see that happening right now, don't we? There is a concerted effort. If you guys paid attention during, uh, during covid how many preachers and stuff got locked up because they were preaching? Very, very interesting. Verse 22. Now there was no lawyer nor judge nor high priest that could have power to condemn anyone to death, save their condemnation was signed by the governor of the land. Okay, that's an interesting note. 
Remember that. Now there were many of those who testified of these things pertaining to Christ, who testified boldly, who were taken and put to death secretly by the judges, that the knowledge of their death came not unto the governor of the land until after their death. Now behold, this was contrary to the law of the land, that any man should be put to death except they had great or except they had power from the governor of the land. Therefore a complaint came up unto the land of Zarahemla. Okay, so Zerahemla is the capital, right? That's Washington, D.C. To the governor of the land against these judges who had condemned the prophets of the Lord unto death, not according to the law. Are we seeing a bunch of district attorneys in a lot of states who are uh, not upholding the law? Are we seeing a lot of, of... Not just even bending the law, but completely forsaking the law. Justice, equity, right? This stuff. Pedophiles, rapists, these people who are, who are just being let go without, you know, not even having to post bail at all. This is us. This is, we are, we are looking at, we are reading our own history right now, happening right before us, brothers and sisters. And if we're smart, we will look at this and we will prepare as best as we can, knowing uh, what things lie at our doorstep. Verse 26, Now it came to pass that they were taken and brought up before the judge to be judged of the crime which they had done according to the law, which had been given by the people pretty interesting wording right there to be judged of the crime which they had done according to the law which had been given by the people now it came to pass that those judges had many friends and kindreds and the remainder yea even almost all the lawyers and the high priest did gather themselves together and unite with the kindreds of those judges who were to be tried according to the law oh are we not seeing that happen right now and they did enter into a covenant one with another, yea, even into that covenant which was given by them of old, which covenant was given and administered by the devil to combine against all righteousness. Therefore they did combine against the people of the Lord and enter into a covenant to destroy them and to deliver those who were guilty of murder from the grasp of justice, which was about to be administered according to the law. And they did set at defiance the law and the rights of the of their country. And they did covenant one with another to destroy the governor and to establish a king over the land. That the land should no more be a be at liberty, but should be subject unto kings. Very, very, very dangerous and very much happening to us right now, brothers and sisters. This is past tense. This, is, this has happened already, right? This has been happening for a long time. We have people who are in Europe right now who are saying that, that uh, hate speech will be illegal in America, right? Again, I'm not trying to get political, but I'm trying to... I want you guys to know... And I want you guys to make these these connections as you're watching and listening to the news and stuff like that, as we're watching what's happening around us. There is a, a concerted, worldwide, Gadianton effort to subject every country under the rule of, of tyrannical kingmen who have entered into covenants, who are operating in the in the shadow, right? And this isn't cons conspiracy theory. This is one of those things. Go back and listen to uh, President Benson talk about this stuff. Like they, they, they were very, very, very out in the open back in the day, the prophets, about this stuff. And <laughs> we are seeing the fruits of, of not listening to the brethren, 
right? Those people who, those prophets and apostles who, who, were, who were raising the warning voice and who now have switched over to a, a spiritual warning, right? I was having a conversation, brothers and sisters, with a buddy, and we were talking about how close we have to be, about how wicked things are right now, and how we were surprised that the Lord hasn't stepped in and just completely wiped us out right now, just completely wiped the the land clean. And I and you know we were sitting there talking and we were like I think the only reason why he hasn't stepped in and wiped the land clean is because of that band of Christians that's left on on the earth or on the land. I with a heavy heart, brothers and sisters, I look out at my country right now. And while I am, while I am very, you know, I, I, I am encouraged in, on some aspects and stuff like that. My heart breaks because of the polarization that has happened, and it didn't have to be this way. It has been a very much a a, a communist uh, color revolution style indoctrination of, you know, going back to the 60s of the raised fist salute, things that Cleon Skousen profusely warned against, of the the peace sign, of, of that there are so many things that go back to, that have ancient roots, that when you study them, you, you see that it has Satan's fingerprints all over it, right? Promiscuity back in the 60s. You know, leading to where we are now, where we're having these drag, drag queen story time with our children, and our children are now the target. In the words of President Monson, there is no more wilderness to run to. Much to my <laughs> my disappointment. There is no wilderness to run to because that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, even here in, in Utah, where I'm at now, I'm in an extremely conserv- conservative county. But even here, we're seeing a lot of this a lot of this crap start to creep in. I'm saying, in Utah, really? Like we're we're supposed to be we're supposed to be on top of this stuff, you know what I mean? And I'm seeing, like I say, people that I grew up with, some of them have turned just straight up towards Babylon, they have forsaken their covenants. They've even returned missionaries and stuff. They've just forsaken everything, and they've given in to Babylon. Some of them have become prophet unto themselves, and they basically like start their own branch of the LDS Church, where they get to pick and choose what was inspired and what wasn't, and who's a who's an inspired prophet and who isn't. You know, and man, it's just. It's incredible to see this happen, and you get a window into into Mormon and Moroni. You know what I mean? Where, <laughs> where Mormons saying, "Oh, you, oh, my fair ones," you know, how how does this happen? You know, if only you would turn back to God. I think about that all the time, and I I'm so frustrated when I see. You know, when I'm, I listen to a lot of, I don't listen to just purely LDS commentary. I listen to many, many um, just general Christians. You know what I mean? A lot of born-again Christians. I listen to some Catholics and stuff like that. They all have some good stuff to say. And I'm always very disappointed and um, disheartened when they go on a Mormon bash. You know what I mean? And I don't like it when I hear uh, Mormons that will... You know what I mean? I, I call us Mormons. I shouldn't. Um, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who will then go on bashings of Baptists or, or whatever. It's like, guys, this 
This is not the time for that. This is the time to lay aside theology. We can argue theology till we're blue in the face. I can argue theology with another member of the church. I've done it, you know what I mean, where we argue stuff. It's, you can always find a way to drive a wedge between, between two people. It, you just can. It's, it's there. Satan's a pro at it. But it's just disheartening that we can't pull together. You know, we have people that will tell us that we aren't Christians. And it's like, you know what, there's one person that can tell me that, and that's Jesus. If he tells me I'm not a Christian... Okay, I'll accept it. But sorry, man, like I, I believe in, in the same Jesus who, who saves us by grace that you do. You know what I mean? I know that I can't make it on my own power. That will that will get me saved. You know what I'm saying? That will that will enable me to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. It is only through the grace of, of Christ. It is only through Obviously, accepting him as my Lord and Savior and entering into, as he did, the waters of baptism and accepting the gospel as given in the Bible and given in the Book of Mormon. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the things that we quabble over and the things that we have, that we will hurt each other's feelings over, the theology that we will argue with uh, satanic vigor. And all the while just dumping on each other is is so disheartening to me. Like this is a time when we need to reach reach across those theological aisles and we need to link arms. You know, we, we need to link arms with our Catholic brethren, with our Baptist brethren, with our, our people who are doing the absolute best that they can to follow Christ. This is a time when we need to link together and to shield each other, to, to protect each other, you know. There's a lot of, of this stuff on my heart, brothers and sisters, and I, I'm treating this podcast as a somewhat of a journal and somewhat of a... of a... Um, a way for my children to know what their old man thought during that time and what they thought about certain aspects of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I also treat this as as my testimony that I can give to my friends and my family who choose to listen. You know, I, I know that I have some friends and family who do listen, and I... Um, I have complete strangers who will send me messages as well and who have sent me messages and that have touched my heart and I want you guys to know that any any um spiritual growth that you have from listening to any of this is not from me at all not even in the least I am uh, a moron <laughs> who who happens to have a testimony and because of that the spirit can take you know something as as average Joe, you know what I mean, speak that, that I put out there, you know, and it can it can polish it up and, and make it something that could be a benefit unto you, and that is because of the Spirit, and that's a message from the Spirit to you that has not to do with me. Um, again, I will never make money from this podcast. I, I actually... I spend a little bit to be able to keep the RSS feed out there so that it can reach as many people as possible. Um, as I, I believe that, as I said earlier, common sense and having a testimony of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, having a testimony of the brethren of the foundation is uh, apparently becoming a superpower in in these last days of the last days. And as we continue reading in 3 Nephi, we will continue to see that 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 is very analogous to what the Nephites went through. And not to jump ahead too much, but I, I just want to point out this fact that when Christ comes, who does he call up? He calls up Nephi, the prophet, who had the sealing power given to him and Nephi bows himself before Christ and kisses his feet 
brothers and sisters, I, with every fiber of my being, I testify to you that that will happen. When Christ returns here, once again, that you will, if you are permitted to linger here, if you're permitted to, to, to be here and to witness, <coughs> that you will see the current prophet bow himself before the Lord, whoever that prophet is, however old he is, you will see him bow himself before the Lord and kiss his feet. This is a time, brothers and sisters, where we need to get our houses in order and we need to make our hearts pure. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. But this is the time where we need to be ready to not just live as Christians, but to possibly die as Christians. We made covenants, those of us who have gone through the temple, We've all made covenants if you've entered into the waters of baptism, but especially if you've gone through the temple, you've made covenants to to give everything that you got. Right? And it's not talking about money. It's not talking about, you know what I mean? It's it's talking about what really matters, like the, the spiritual realm. It talks about, you know what I mean, just everything that you are. It talks about true discipleship of Jesus Christ. And not just being a cultural Mormon. Brothers and sisters. Give heed. To these messengers of Jesus Christ. Give strict heed to them. They will give you what you need. And they will direct you where you need to go. To be ready for the return of the King. Of the Messiah. The promised Messiah. The Anointed One. Yehoshua, right? As the Hebrews called him. As the Jews called him. Yehoshua. Brothers and sisters, do not discount the words of the brethren, of the prophet, as they are the foundation, and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. I will raise my voice until I am kicked off of this platform um, of YouTube. I will um, be giving Rumble a lot more love as it is my conservative backup where I can say what I want and I won't be um, I won't be hit. It's funny because the old Ears to Hear podcast got a strike apparently for for one of the and when the video was removed um, because of the they didn't even tell me what it was but the, the title was um, uh, Sustaining the Lord's Anointed and it had a strike, and I thought, well, here we go. You know, good thing it wasn't this channel, but just know that if this channel ever gets um, booted down by the by the uh, the commies, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the the people at YouTube that you'll always be able to find it on Rumble, um, and you'll always be able to, to see it on the RSS feed as well. Um, I actually thought about taking the RSS feed down just to save a few bucks, but I think I'm going to keep it up for a bit and to... We'll see how it goes. If, if I'm not getting a lot of traffic on there, um, then I'll just focus on Rumble and YouTube, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But just so you know, if it ever disappears from YouTube, you can find it on Rumble. I have a link to it. You know, maybe just go and subscribe to it on Rumble, just just as a backup, because that's how I'm treating it. It's just as a backup. But 
Brothers and sisters, we are living in the last days of the last days. I testify to you that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is true. I testify to you that the prophet is the only authorized servant on the earth to carry that, that mantle. And that the twelve apostles are indeed special witnesses of Jesus Christ in every sense of the word, just as much as Peter, James, and John, or Paul, or any of the original twelve were. I testify to you that Christ um, is the King, and that in coming days every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Christ and that he is the King and he will come and rule and he will restore order and justice and equity to a world in desperate need, drowning in blood and sin. I want my Russian listeners to know that I love you very much and I want my Ukrainian listeners to know that I love you very much. And everybody else who is not, you know, a member or a citizen of of my country. I love you guys. And I, I, I hope that someday when this is all over that we can come together. And that we can all kneel together before Christ as saints. And that we can... Enjoy communion and enjoy the fellowship that comes from being saints of Christ and followers of Jesus Christ. And that our wicked governments, when they don't have their rule over us anymore, that we can enjoy that that governance of, of the Son of God. I love you guys so much and I have so much so much on on my heart that I wish to say more, but I I, uh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> um, we'll continue on with Third Nephi chapter eight. I would encourage you guys to look over that, and we'll we'll go over it together in the next podcast. And uh, I say that with you. I say I say these things, and I I am grateful to be able to talk and say these things with you and I I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.